our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Welcome to episode 211 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan, and with me, as always, again, is Casey Brady. This week on the podcast, we are going to take a look at Beauty and the Beast. We'll take a look at our top five live-action adaptations of animated movies, what else we watched, and... One other thing that we would like to discuss. That's right. And, uh, yeah, you're still here. Yes, two weeks in a row. Wow, this is a new record for me. Let's make it three because we're going to record the next episode right after this. Yes, we are. Yeah, so right back in the thick of things. Didn't wait too long to get back on the on the horse. And, Just uh, two years? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a look at the biggest movie of 2017 so far it's been out on redbox for like a month or so i believe we probably should have gotten to it by now but better late than never it's beauty and the beast as you have already said made 1.26 billion dollars at the box office worldwide and a big reason why i want to do a spring box office draft now is because of movies like this and logan and and kong like they're really starting to put some blockbusters out all throughout the year and not just yep. loading them up in the summer. When you mentioned the numbers right before we started recording it, it was, it's a shock. I did not expect Beauty and the Beast to have done this well. How did Jungle Book do? Did Jungle, Jungle Book do just as well? I believe Jungle Book came close to a billion, if not over it. Let me look it up while we talk. But yeah, Wowzers. Disney that, is that's just rolling in the dough. Yeah, and you wouldn't think, I, I guess parents want to take their kids for them to see like a, the new version of it. And because uh, I wouldn't expect kids to be that into it without being enticed. To right. go by it's their like parents. a nostalgia mixed with new kids being dragged in. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it's um, working. Jungle book made $966.5 million worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing Disney's doing. And this one was, this got good reviews, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, they just it's, it seems like they're releasing like two a year now of these things and it's not slowing up anytime soon I think they've already announced 11 more on the way wow I know um, <laughs> the greatest animated movie of all time or one of them uh, The Lion King is turning into yeah. live action John Favreau who did The Jungle Book is going to take a crack at that one as well And did you see The Jungle Book? I did, I did, and that's actually on a uh, on what else we watched. So well, I'll oh, discuss wow. that later on. Perfect timing. How about that? It's almost like you planned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, not good. I wrote an article. I want to say in April when or March when Beauty and the Beast came out. I wrote an article just uh, giving my feelings on this trend by Disney to adapt live action style their classic animated movies, and I touched on all the ones that they've announced coming out. So if you're interested, check that out on BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com in the archives. Yeah, this is a, a topic of much discussion lately since Disney started doing this. I feel like the first one was 
uh, what was the first one? The Alice in Wonderland. Yes, that's right. And then they did the Maleficent, and they've done a bunch. I can't mm-hmm. remember them off the top of my head, but Beauty and the Beast was next on the docket. A childhood favorite of mine. How about you? I actually had never seen it as a child. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I was never very interested in it. So it was a completely new story for me, unlike most people. So you you still haven't seen the animated version? No, and I will not. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. This will be interesting to hear what you thought of this movie then in the, that aspect. But I guess we could do the plot synopsis from IMDb. An adaptation of the fairy tale about a monstrous-looking prince and a young woman who fall in love. Very detailed. <laughs> yes. They really go into it with these. But uh, yeah. <laughs> expectations-wise, I'm sure you had heard of Beauty and the Beast. It's the first animated movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture. It's widely considered to be at least top two or three as far as the Disney animated movies, I feel like. But really? Most that people, highly ranked? Including myself, I think I have a third behind The Lion King and Aladdin. So that mid-90s renaissance, it is a big part of that. And yeah, what what were you thinking going into it? Uh, first of all, I didn't realize that most people love Beauty and the Beast. I kind of thought that was like a second-rate animated movie from Disney, um, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I never watched it. I just didn't think it was that good. Um, no one ever talks about it when they talk about animated films. Um, so I, I wasn't expecting too much. I, I'll say that for the Jungle Book, I didn't really like the Jungle Book too much, and we'll get into that. But uh, because I didn't like the Jungle Book, I didn't really like Maleficent. I didn't really like um, Alice, in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Um, there, I wasn't looking forward to it. This was a movie that I was kind of like, Ugh, do we really need to? Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't pleased yeah. with the idea of watching Gotcha. Well, I, like I just said, it was a top three animated Disney movie for me. And still, I was not super looking forward to it. I mean, I like Dan Stevens. I like Emma Watson. It's got a pretty decent cast. Bill Condon, as a director, he's made Mr. Holmes, Dreamgirls, Chicago, the Twilight movies. So it wasn't like, I mean, some of that, those are good. I liked at least the first three to a certain extent. Twilight movies are garbage. I don't know how much fault it was of his, though. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know if this was the story that really needed it. And I, I saw that it was over or close to or over two hours long. And it just seemed like they were biting off a little more than they could chew. But I was still somewhat interested. And Sam, your sister... My wife was very interested in seeing it, so we took Mackenzie to see it in theaters when it was out. I'm I'm just looking at it because you you saying that it's your top three. I'm just looking. You have Snow White, Aladdin, Lion King, Little Mermaid, Milan, Pinocchio, Jungle Book, Cinderella. Um, I wouldn't say Peter Pan's that good, but Fantasia, Bambi. All of these are. I mean, I would have to assume Alice in Wonderland. There's no way. Beauty and the Beast can be your number three. There's just no way. <laughs> I promise you it is. Um, I just recently watched Mulan a couple months ago for the first time. That was pretty, what? That was a good one. That was a really good one. That's fantastic. But, and that's one of the more recent, like, one of the more recent animated films from Disney that are of that era. 
because I think it was 1997 like, or something. Yeah, again, oh, mid-90s, mid late-90s renaissance before they fell off a cliff again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was a big, big fan of it. And uh, I guess I'll just, I mean, I've already talked a little bit about this and what else we watched a few months ago when I saw it in theaters, and I have rewatched it at home since. Um, so my feelings are pretty firm. I think it's a solid remake. I think it's a solid adaptation. I think there are parts that it does very, very well. And there are parts that are just completely tacked on, unnecessary, and in my opinion, should have been cut from the film. So overall, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I didn't see why necessarily it made so much money as far as quality of the film, but I, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I can agree with you. Uh, I, th I think it was a decent film. There were some parts that I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And then other parts that I thought were very critical to the film were horrendous. Um, I'll start off with the visuals. And that's a big part of these live adaptations. The Jungle Book did a fantastic job, I thought. Beauty and the Beast, not at all. The Beast was so horribly made. Um, it, he, it looked like CGI from the early like 2000s, uh, around like 2004, 2005 era CGI. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And the, the biggest giveaway, all you have to do is ever look at the hair <laughs> on, on the animals, uh, or on, in this case, the beast. And just see if the hairs individually move. And, of course, for this one, it didn't, which was really surprising. Um, though, if you look at kind of like the settings, the settings look fantastic inside of the the castle, uh, whether it was the library or the great hall or the bedroom or wherever. The castle looked fantastic. It looked awesome. It was, I, I, I was shocked by how good it looked compared to then the beast which is the centerpiece of the movie looking so very bad um so in my opinion the visuals get a like a three out of ten it was i was very disappointed yeah i kind of agree with you i think at least with the beast i feel like it's inconsistent i feel like there were times when it, it mostly in the dark <laughs> but when it looked pretty good but then, yeah, at other times, it looked like a PlayStation 2 CGI cutscene. Mm -hmm. you know, Especially like, when he was fighting the wolves. When he was fighting the wolves, it looked so bad. It looked almost like paper dolls stacked on top of each other. I just, I don't know if it makes sense. Like an RPG from the PlayStation 2 era. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, I did not like the look of the furniture that came to life. Like Lumiere, Cogsworth. I thought it looked pretty bad. Honestly. Yeah, the teapot yeah really bad. All um, that I didn't really care for. But like you said, the costume design, the set design, the production design just in general was was beautiful. It was, was great. I had this really hard contrast between the castle and the clothes and the actual people or, mm -hmm. or beings inside of it. It's really weird how they could be so off the mark on one side and so perfect on the other. Yeah, even the setting of the village looked really well well made. Um, I yeah, the the contrast of the different visuals. I, I just don't know where the, why certain aspects are so well made and certain aspects are so terribly made. Um, yeah, I agree, and I actually really liked a lot most of the stuff back in the town more than the castle stuff. 
I mm -hmm. thought I, the, this, again the setting it looked like they were on location. I don't know if they were or not, but it seemed like they actually went somewhere. It didn't just seem like a set necessarily. And um, yeah, I like here's one of my biggest complaints of the movie is whenever they try to like note for note copy the animated movie. It was, when it wasn't the singing parts, when it wasn't the musical parts, it just came across as pandering, complete pandering and and wooden and just like they were, you know, play acting out the scene from the animated movie. Mm -hmm. and just, now, is the animated movie, is that heavily uh, music based? Yes, it is. It is. It is. And, but I mean, there's it's not like a pure musical where it's nothing but music. It's like your typical Disney movie it's probably got like six to eight songs in it um if i remember correctly but when they copied it note for note with the musical parts i thought that was that those were some of my favorite scenes like the opening song and dance number when she's just going through the town and singing about how she likes books or whatever like that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie i thought emma watson looked the part I mean, I know she wasn't singing live. It was probably, like, auto-tuned to death, but sounded good. And, uh, yeah, I liked all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess we should say uh, Emma Watson played Belle. Dan Stevens played the Beast. You had Luke, uh, Luke Evans as Gaston. Um, and then there was people other scattered throughout. The return of Kevin Klein. I haven't seen Kevin Klein in a film in a very long time. Yeah. So it was neat uh, to see him. Her father. Um, I did think Emma Emma did very well. Her singing was was I thought right on key. Um, I mean, not that I am a musical expert, but I thought she did a fairly good job singing um, and acting. She always she's always a, a very solid actress. I don't think she ever does anything over the top. She never wows me, but she never truly disappoints. So I, I thought she did fantastic, or not fantastic, but she did she did good. Yeah. Um, she's like Hermione Granger without the magic in his. Yes, yeah. Uh, and the magic in this did not make sense. I'm the type of person that I kind of like the reasoning behind the magic. And a lot of ma magic does happen. And I didn't get some of it. Um, such as, I, I guess, the wardrobe could bring things out of thin air. And uh, I don't know the... Um, Actually, I wish I would have written it down because I had a couple of points about it. I can't think off of the top of my head. But some of the magic was inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's not necessarily how like out there it is as long as they can reasonably explain why it is that way. Mm -hmm. But Emma, Emma did pretty well. How did you like the Beast? I thought the Beast did, uh, besides, besides the visuals of him, I thought the voice actor, did, did uh, Dan Stevens actually do the voice? Yes, I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Um, I love Dan Stevens. Um, I'm trying to think. What else has he been? He's in? the lead in Legion, the, the TV show on FX, the X Men related TV show. He was the lead in this movie. I loved one of my favorite movies from a few years ago, The Guest. Um, okay, an awesome movie. He's in Downton Abbey, which I've never seen, but anything I've seen him in. I've really enjoyed his performance. So, yeah, he's voice, like, voice acting wise, I thought he did really well. Um, yeah, I liked him. Well, when he became the prince again, I didn't really like him. He just did not. 
He didn't fit the role of a prince. I didn't um, like the makeup choice. <laughs> like the so much makeup that it's powdered white. Mm-hmm. Like that, I that's felt weird to me. But yeah. and I I had to say I thought Luke Evans was perfect as that type of character um, as Gaston. Best, uh, best. Not that I've seen the movie, so I don't know how well he portrayed the original character. Perfectly. But that character being this arrogant captain, Luke did a amazing job, I thought. Yeah, he nailed it. He's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He just embodies Gaston. And uh, Josh Gad as LeFou, who, a big controversy, wow, he's gay, <laughs> whatever, uh, didn't really play a part in the movie, and it was pretty obvious from the animated movie that that guy had an infatuation with Gaston, but I think... <laughs> That was completely overblown, but yeah, I liked the interactions between those two. Thought that was some of the funniest stuff in the movie, and some of the best character development actually of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say I, I could agree with that. And, I, and for the character development in general, uh, in which we will talk about in our next episode with life, how there was a lack of character development in this. It actually felt pretty real how the Beast and Emma kind of changed their relationship. And and everyone kind of knows the story of Beauty and the Beast, whether you've seen it or not. So I knew kind of what was going to happen. But I thought this movie did a, a very good job of that progression of going from them hating each other to eventually falling in love. Um, most movies get that progression wrong. Uh, they either speed it up too quickly or they take too long until the whole movie becomes that or they they leave certain details out, or it's too much details. I thought this movie did a great job of that progression. And actually, I think it is kind of tricky, right? This is a Stockholm syndrome story where you get captured and threatened, and you know, basically, they're almost trying to force her onto him in a way. But mm-hmm. and she slowly falls in love with her captor, which is kind of odd, but. I mean, I guess you just go along with it. But the the live-action version, actually, I think, with some of the added scenes... Like, the, a lot of the stuff that they added here, the new stuff... The new songs were terrible, pointless. And the new scene, like, when he shows her when her mom died. Spoiler alert. And, uh, and that stuff in the tower, like, that is completely new. And I thought it was oh, some of the worst stuff in the movie. That's part of the magic I didn't understand is that he actually took her there, and I thought it was kind of maybe kind of like just a vision. But then she actually brought back an item. Yeah, I don't uh, get it. Yeah. So that yeah, that didn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's what, not in the regular uh, the animated version. Okay. But the stuff that they added that I actually did like was like some of the stuff in between them falling in love and hating each other's guts. It was more character development, relationship development, like showing more just conversations as they're walking through the the yard and looking at reading books, doing little things that just added a little more believability to this strained uh, relationship. So that was nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and so you have... <laughs> Are you, you don't plan on watching the animated movie? No, I, I do not. And actually, the, the question that I was trying to think of, um, uh, no, I, I don't plan on watching it. it. This movie was not good enough to entice me to watch it. But so uh, I'm trying to remember 
were in in the original film. I heard that there was a lot of times that the beast hits Bell, um, and I'm trying to remember: does the beast ever hit Bell in this live action film? Because I don't, I don't think so, right? I don't remember him hitting her in the animated movie either. Wow, oh, I thought I'm pretty sure that was a big controversy because it's kind of about how. Um, and, and like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but I've, I've heard a lot about it um, because it's a big controversy that it's a movie that is enticing women to stay with abusers um, as the, the Beast was abusing her, uh, not only by keeping her there, but hitting her. Not like often, but every once in a while when she would talk out of line, I guess, he would like backhand her. Or something. I don't remember that. Um, I think maybe it's a little more like people reading it. Like it's probably there, like just in an allegory sense. But I don't think it's literally. I mean, I just recently rewatched it not too long ago. I don't remember that. Okay. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I'm just going yeah. based off of what people have said. This movie is like thirty to forty-five minutes longer than the animated version, and that's also an issue for me. Like, I, I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I, I do think the the singing was a little too much. They had I, I didn't enjoy the singing really at all. Not that it was terrible, um, but it was just too much. And it really wasn't Disney esque, in my opinion. At least the voices. Josh Gad has a very Disney voice when he sings, which was great. Yeah, but everyone he was else Olaf has too. too kind of. Um, it was too clean. And I, I don't know how to exactly say it, but it just didn't feel like Disney singing. Yeah, I agree. I do. Agree. Even, even with The Jungle Book, it didn't feel that Disney-esque in their singing. Whereas if you watch the movies, uh, the animated versions, all Disney animated films have a very similar type of singing styles. Um, and I don't think it's being portrayed in the live-action films properly. Right. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But what do you do? You want to see more of these? Are you offended by this trend of them adapting, uh, adapting, adapting uh, their animated movies? Or you're fine with it? Doesn't really bother you? These, the way that Disney is adapting these films, I hate. I really don't want to see any more. I wish they would stop. I feel like it is ruining a piece of my childhood. It, it it's making me look on these movies in a darker light and I, I kind of wish they would stop. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit on the opposite end where, I mean, yeah, I, lo I don't think it's ruining the originals because you can still go back and watch them. They hold up. If they hold up, they hold up. And I like this at least as a parent because it gives me a chance to take my daughter and eventually my son to see these. I think they're good enough to warrant it for the most part. And then... We come home, if they liked it enough, I can show them the old ones and get a double dip. Yeah, I, I mean, I would actually like if they put these films in a very live action version where it's it's very, in certain cases, really dark or um, almost kind of like how Christopher Nolan did it with The Dark Knight and how it became very real. Um, so... If it's a dark film, it's going to be dark. Like this, this movie could have been dark. It could have been really serious. Um, and obviously, that's not what Disney's going for because they're going for the younger audience. But I would like if they went for maybe the PG thirteen rated R version. Um, 
where it's real dark. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. I'd be down for that for sure. Um, as far as where this ranks compared to their other live action movies, I would say it's better than Alice in Wonderland, slightly worse than Maleficent, worse than Cinderella. I really liked the Cinderella from a couple years ago, worse than the Jungle Book, and about on par with um, Pete's Dragon. I don't know if you saw that one. I did not. I didn't know they made a live action version. Yeah, it's not bad. Dragon. Not bad at all, actually. But I will give it a 7 out of 10. Strong 7 out of 10. Strong? Uh, I actually give it a moderate 7 out of 10. <laughs> uh, I think it's perfectly, that's exactly what it should be ranked as yeah. or rated as. Um, it's not incredible. It's not bad. It's just, eh. It is what it is. All right. I have one more important question, and then I want to just tell you what's coming as far as these live action adaptations. Uh, who is the hottest Disney princess? I would have to say it's Ariel. Okay, okay. Uh, it'd be between Belle and Jasmine from Aladdin for me. Probably go Jasmine. <laughs> but coming up next, this isn't an animated remake, but Mary Poppins is coming out. They're remaking Mary Poppins. Isn't that what that... I feel like they've made, remade it, but they've called it other things. Probably, but this one has Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins, and I feel like someone big, somewhat big as like the, what's his face name, the the sweeper guy, I can't remember, Jim Chimney, did you ever see uh, it? Um, I don't know, which movie, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mary Poppins? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw Mary Poppins, I'm trying to think. You said Chim Chimney. That's the character, right? The chimney sweeper. Is it? I, I don't know. You're making me think of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang right <laughs> now. I'm... I've never seen that. Anyway, we got Mulan coming in 2018, live action version. That could be incredible. That could be good. Yeah. We have The Little Mermaid coming. All right. I, I could see that. It, it all depends. Um, Little Mermaid is one of my favorite uh Disney films. It's they up there. Obviously, the, the villain is so great. We know you're keeping your eye on who they cast as Ariel after what you just yeah. said. Uh, Snow, <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, of course. Okay. The Lion King, we know about that. Cruella de Vil. So I guess like 101 Dalmatians getting the Maleficent treatment. With, no. um, what's her face? Um, God, George Clooney's she was in uh, Ocean's 13. Julia Roberts, I think, is playing Cruella DeVille. Really? I think so. Mm. We have Aladdin coming with Guy Ritchie directing. That should be uh, interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, Dumbo, directed by Tim Burton, Winnie the Pooh, um, Cherniborg from Fantasia right. is getting his own movie. Okay. And Pinocchio. Hmm. So 13 more on the way so far. They're really going at it. I'm surprised Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs wasn't the first one. Well, there's Mira Mira and Snow, Snow White and the Huntsman, so I guess they wanted to at least get some distance from those. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess they've already done it then, right? Well, that, that wasn't produced by them. Because um, 
it's the Grimm's fairy tale is like public domain. I think anyone can do it. Oh, okay. But uh, let's get into the top five live action animated movie adaptations we would like to see. Which all right? I for me, I didn't include any of those that I knew were on the way. I tried to go a different route. Yeah, I don't have any of them as well. Good, good. So, what was your thought process here? What, what did you just say? Okay, what are my favorite animated movies? And that's no, it. Or, no, no. Okay. I I really thought about which ones could possibly done be done as uh, a live action. Um, even if they've already been tried, and one of them has been tried to be like they they've tried to make it uh, a live adaptation and it didn't work. Um, I think multiple times, but I think it could be done well. Uh, but it was not about which ones were my favorite. I think which ones could be truly great as live adaptations. Yeah, I kind of went along similar lines where I figured what would be possible or believably done, potentially done in a great way, which stories really lended themselves nicely to the idea. And then I also tried to mix things up and not have too many of one kind of of animated movie. So okay. I kind of have like, I guess I'll just kick it off. And uh, as an example, my number five is Toy Story. And I tried not to have like too many Pixar's. So I have one or two and then I have a couple on honorable mentions. But Toy I St- knew you would pick Toy Story. And what's the point? There's almost no like humans. It would all just be CGI. And Jungle Book is... I mean, you have uh, Mowgli. <laughs> what about The Lion King coming up? You're going to have... I don't know. <laughs> you can have, obviously, the kids and the parents and the the adults. I just think with the technology... What's the point? Do they really need... Like, what's the point? The point is, it's such a good story. And the original came out... And I know, they're making Toy Story 4. So this is not like necessarily one that's going to happen anytime soon but i'm thinking 10 years down the line when there hasn't been a toy story movie in i don't know five to eight years there's something you could do the technology could catch up to where it could literally be the toys come to life and uh make it believable it's just such a perfect story and i think kids 10 years from now they should be reintroduced and much like they're doing with these 90s disney animated films I see. I couldn't agree less. Um, I don't think it's going to add enough to make a, a, a new version of Toy Story. Toy Story is already almost perfect, so there's no point of touching it. But couldn't you see this? Just imagine Jingle All the Way, but the, the doll comes to life. No, I, so didn't they already? What, what was the Toy Soldiers? There you go. <laughs> right, you got yeah, it. yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll just watch that. Exactly. All right, my number five is something that really I, I didn't know which one of his films to pick. Um, so I just kind of, it, it's not random because there's certain ones such as My Neighbor uh, Totoro that I didn't think would be great. But um, Hayao Miyazaki's films, uh, I did Princess Mononoke as my number five. I think if you make this li- a, a live adaptation, it could look insane um and it would be just it would be amazing to watch i think it would truly heighten the film past what it already is 
Yeah, I um I have one of Studio Ghibli's movies on my list as well, and it's they're tough to do because they're so out there, right? They have some pretty crazy ideas. I think a lot of movies have tried recently to kind of get take stuff from that in a live action sense. Like Forty Seven Ronin, as bad as it was, I feel like was going for that in some aspects, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it 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 has to be extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think Howl's Moving Castle would probably be the easiest. Maybe not the easiest, but it it would be one of the one of the easiest to make of of his movies. Yeah. But I think Princess Mononoke would probably be the best. I agree. Made, uh, I agree. If it could be done right, I 100% agree. It's an honorable mention for me. And so is My Neighbor Totoro. Just because after watching Okja, which we talked about on the last episode, I feel mm-hmm. like the first half an hour of Okja... Stretch that for an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. It could be pretty close to My Neighbor Totoro, in a sense. I, yeah, I, I could agree with you. I I didn't think it would be easily made, and I didn't think... But I now that you say that, I could see it. Um, but I was kind of actually now... All the other ones, I, I'm not sticking to the original version. I kind of want that realistic version. And with My Neighbor... Uh, I would want it to be the same, that whimsical right. feel to it. And I feel like that would be a little hard. But yeah. Okja, I think you're right. Okja shows that it's possible. Yeah, exactly. I'm always right. That's the key. You are. <laughs> All right, my number four is one of the um, – shoot, what is their gosh darn company called? It's Paranorman is going to be my number four. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think of the people who made Car- Caroline, not Caroline, God damn it, Coraline. Caroline? Coraline. Coraline, yeah. And Kubo and the Two Strings, you know, that claymation animation style. Yeah. I wanted to get one of those on here, and I feel like Paranorman has the best possibility where it can almost be like a young adult horror movie where it's these kids, or this kid, Norman, who can see ghosts and zombies and I just feel like it's could be a good teen, young adult movie if it was done correctly. See, I thought you were going to say Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's not on my list. Which is good because I don't think it would ever be even no. slightly decent as live action. I, I agree. It's almost live action in the way that Jungle Book is, in a sense. Uh, <laughs> and it's perfect the way it is. So mm. The studio I, is Leica. What's that? Leica Studios is Leica. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, they made Paranorman. Yep. Hmm. And I would like to see that. Would you be interested? I actually have not seen Paranorman. Mm, I remember you said it was really, really well made. It is. It is. Um, and they have Paranorman too, right? Um, it takes them a long time to make movies because they have to like do all the the claymation, but. I'd watch uh, a second one, for sure. Mm. Um, my number four is Dragon Ball Z. I, they've tried a few times, and it's always failed. Miserably. But if they do it right, Dragon Ball Z could be the greatest film of all time. <laughs> I mean, who does not love Dragon Ball? Like, who, like, no one I've ever talked to does not like Dragon Ball Z. Um, I wish they would make it into a live-action series where it's like a TV series. I mean, I, I'd watch it religiously. 
could you imagine if uh, HBO gave it the Game of Thrones treatment with the high budget and oh yeah and that could be good I like Dragon Ball oh it's incredible it's the greatest <laughs> animation ever. yeah but that movie was one of the worst movies ever made Dragon Ball Evolution there are fan made movies that are way better I can imagine you can't go for that exact hair haircut and every, like you got at least it's definitely doable yeah, it's very doable. Just no one has done it. Yeah, nah, I could see them going going for a second attempt at that at some point. Okay, my number three is my Studio Ghibli movie, and this is not a kids movie. Uh, this is going to be, if it's done correctly, one of the most depressing, darkest movies you'll ever see. The animation in Grave of the Fireflies. Is what sort of makes it watchable. At least it's beautiful to look at. You turn that into live action, it's you got Schindler's List potential here. Uh, oh yeah, especially during the bombings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I almost wanted to put, which I mean, I know you recommended me watch Grave of the Fireflies on the film mm -hmm. club segment a while back, and it's so good, so depressing. I almost wanted to do The Wind Rises on this list, which is my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. But it's the most realistic, the most, like, normal of his movies. What, well, so, this isn't, um, Miyazaki didn't make this. Right, right. But it's still Studio Ghibli. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they've already made two live-actions remakes of it. They have? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, I haven't seen them. I don't know if they were good or not. Yeah. Well, my head was in the right place. Yeah. But I, I think the... I'm surprised you didn't pick it. I'm, I'm trying to think of... Oh, my gosh. Um, what's the one about making airplanes? The Wind Rises. That's what I was just saying. Like, I wanted to pick that. But I just feel like it's so perfect the way it is. Mm. I, I do think... Grave of uh, Fireflies would be better. Um, but I think The Wind Rises could also be pretty well made. Yeah, for sure. Definitely could. It's one of the best movies of all time. So. No, it's not that far. Really, but. <laughs> it's in my top 100. My number three, and I think... Uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I want to see if you can pick the movie that kind of inspired my number three. But The Iron Giant. Um uh, I, I I think the Iron Giant, if made well, would be amazing. Just like just seeing the gi the giant just walking around and and oh like I think it could be what Pacific Rim was, but on steroids. Mixed with Troll Hunter. There you go. Oh yeah. You got it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great choice. I'm really surprised you got that. <laughs> that's insane. How did you remember Troll Hunter? Of course, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the most underrated films of all time. No one has almost ever seen it. Yeah, everyone should go watch it. I agree. It's truly something else. One of the best found footage movies as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My number two is a genre of movie that lends itself... Very well to live action adaptation because it's all 
anybody ever releases anymore. It's the superhero genre. I had an honorable mention for Big Hero 6. I think that could be a really cool superhero movie for younger audience. But, of course, number two for me is The Incredibles. My number two as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's the Fantastic Four, basically, done right. So could finally get a good Fantastic Four movie while at the same time getting an awesome uh, superhero movie adapted from uh, the great Pixar movie. See, I think it would be extremely hard to make uh, because the type of powers that they have, I I don't know, it, it would be, I think it would be very hard to make. I don't know, 200 million budget, they can do it with the X-Men movies, they all have so many different abilities. You know, that, that is true, that's true. But I just feel like anyone who's able to stretch their arms, is it's never going to look good. Yeah, it has yet to. <laughs> we'll see if it could be done. I've heard rumors that Marvel is going to try to get Fantastic Four back if, uh, like, come to an agreement the way they did with Spider-Man with Fox for Fantastic Four, and I would love to see that. But uh, my number one, you've already said it, it's the Iron Giant. This was immediately the first one I thought of. Wow. And, yeah, it would be incredible if done right you could really get the scale and have it from the perspective of this kid with his mom i just and the, a freaking period piece on top of that like it's perfect it's perfect for this i can't believe it hasn't been in development yet i think most people have forgotten about the iron giant i remember you hadn't even seen it until i recommended it to you it's not it's not one of the more well-known animated films yeah um, again when people think back on them one of the best movies of all time it's in my top 100 as well Wow, man, I'm just, I'm good at giving you films, aren't I? Yeah, pretty good, except for uh, The Big Kahuna. That one didn't make the cut. But. <laughs> All right, well, my number one, and I'm really surprised you didn't pick it, because this could be the greatest film of all time. Wally. Wally, yeah. It's just, I mean, I think it is made for this. It is fully made for this this post apocalyptic world, which we've seen a lot, and people do it really well. It's a it's a genre that is done pretty well in terms of visuals, and I, I think the story is perfectly solid. That if you do the visuals right, it's going to be a great film. I don't disagree. It was honorable mention. I already had two Pixar movies. I didn't want to have three out of the five. I probably should have put it in Toy Story's place because you're right. This could be like an epic sci-fi movie mixed with a, a really powerful statement on the state of humanity and awesome robot character. Yeah, I would love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, so that does it. I already named all my honorable mentions. Do you have any else? I do not have any honorable mentions. Okay. okay. So let's talk about what else we watched. Yeah. So... For me, I'll, I'll kick it off since I've already mentioned that I watched The Jungle Book. I I like the singing in Jungle Book a lot more. Um, I loved the songs in Jungle Book, and they kept true to most of it. Uh, the visuals were better in Jungle Book than in Beauty and the Beast. The story, the, and they definitely changed some of the story around. Um, but for the most part, I, I liked it. I, I mean... I would never watch it again. I, I wouldn't rave about it. Um, but I, I would get more than likely a seven and a half if I really thought about it. So slightly better than Beauty and the Beast. But these live adaptations, just they need to stop. There's no point <laughs> of them. I, I, I don't agree with your last statement, but I do agree with your overall sentiment of The Jungle Book. I thought 
the kid that played Mowgli was so bad that he almost ruined the movie single-handedly. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. But yeah. uh, he's awful. Like, I, if they just replaced him and didn't have... Like, that's why I think John Favreau doing The Lion King could be awesome because everything else was great. It, the animals looked great. I loved the villain played by Idris Elba. Uh, forget Shere Khan, right? He's awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved the scope of King Louie and the monkeys. That was really cool. The monkey scenes were fantastic, especially up in the their high tower. Yeah, um, yeah and the scale. The scale was incredible to see. So good. Yeah, and... I also thought, like, they really half-assed it by just having two songs. Instead, You know, either, I feel like, either make it a musical or don't. It kind of got stuck in between. Was happy to have those two songs in there, but it just felt a little out of place as far as the rest of the movie went. See, I, I disagree. I'd rather just have two or three songs. Stick to the original material in terms of the, the, the songs and sing them well and then you're done. Don't do much more. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I didn't hate it. It's just, I don't know, it just felt like it, two different tones. It just felt like it was a different movie when the singing started because of how deadly serious it had been up to that point. But, yeah, as long as Mowgli can learn how to act before the sequel, I'm really interested to see what they do with it. A sequel, really? Yeah, they've already announced it. Ugh, come on. Gotta get those elephants in there more than just that cameo appearance. appearance. Yeah. Um, Alright, I'll go. Let's see. I watched 47 Meters Down, which is a movie in theaters right now. It's a shark movie starring Mandy Moore and someone else as her sister. They're on vacation in, I want to say, Aruba. Some uh, South American country or Central American country. And Mandy Moore's character's boyfriend broke up with her because she's too much of a a square who's not adventurous enough, doesn't want to do crazy stuff. So to try to win him back, she decides she's going to go diving underwater in one of those cages and looking at sharks. And then, of course, something goes terribly wrong where... Uh, they can't get the cage back up, and there's these great white sharks swimming around. They're running low on oxygen. What are they going to do? Are they going to make it in time? One of these little hour and a half, you know, shark movie, small time, like single location for the most part. Like shallows? Yeah. Well, this movie makes the shallows look like Jaws. So, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because I actually really like the shallows. I thought it was one of my biggest surprises of last year, pleasant surprises. I mean, I don't think it's amazing. I think I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10, but really enjoyed that movie. And this just does not hold a candle to it. It just feels so cheap. Like, actually, the sharks look pretty good because, for the most part, the whole movie takes place underwater, which is kind of unique. But it just feels so amateurish, the way it's produced and made. Uh, Acting's terrible. It just, you could tell this is like this guy's first or second attempt at a movie. A little over his head. Haha. <laughs> and, yeah, it just felt like a made-for-TV movie that was put to theaters. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I mean, Jaws, great. There's no other good shark movies, really. Um, 
Not that I can think of. There's one with Samuel Jackson, right? Oh, or right. The, um, yeah, the great Deep Blue Sea or Deep something. Blue sea, or, right. With the shark, that, yeah. That was okay. Um, yeah. I don't remember too much about it. But, there's, I mean, sharks are not a great centerpiece for a movie. They're not very cinematic. No. Uh, except for, well, did you see The Shallows? I did see The Shallows, yeah. I thought it was eh, a seven. Yeah. Nothing great. I would give 47 meters down. Four and a half out of ten. You can avoid it at all costs. Um, for me, I watched Civil War. Oh, uh, okay. Most people don't probably, most of our viewers who don't know me too well now. Uh, I'm not a big Marvel fan. I think DC is way better. Not in terms of movie making, because everyone knows DC sucks. Uh <laughs> But I, I just don't like Marvel heroes too much. I do like the X-Men. I think X-Men is the best part of Marvel. But Iron Man, eh. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is the only reason why people like the Iron Man. Um, and who likes Captain America? I don't know how you like him at all. <laughs> He's um, the best. Even like, I know, I know you love the first movie uh, with Captain America, I just thought it was bland and boring. I just don't get it. I don't get why people like it so much. Yeah, um, I can see it. But I decided to watch this because I watched Batman vs. Superman and was so disappointed. <laughs> um, just, I mean, the choreography alone in Batman vs. Superman is so bad that I am very tempted not to watch this new Batman movie. Um, <laughs> I just, it's, it's so depressing. I mean, but so I watched, um, civil war and I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty, it was pretty fun. I like the idea of them fighting each other. I think it was during the first Avengers when there was like a four man fight, um, which was awesome to see with the Hulk and Iron Man and right, Captain America. Right. Um, that they Marvel does that really well. Marvel does their like it, they create fight scenes that look fantastic. Um, so that's kind of what Civil War was. It was just kind of a lot of action, which I'm fine with because that's what I mean. It's a, a superhero film, and so I was very very pleased. I would give it a seven point five, possibly a week eight out of ten. Oh, it's at least eight and a half. Come on. I wouldn't go that far. But. I mean, how excited are you for Spider-Man after his cameo in, in Civil War? Not at all. What? He was the best part of the movie. They nailed him so perfectly. Doc Ock in, in Spider-Man 2, come on, nothing's going to pass that. Like That is an awesome movie, but I think they nailed the character of Spider-Man and Peter Parker so much. Finally, finally. That's what you said. That's what you said with um, what's his name? I can't think of it. Andrew right Garfield. Off. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. I mean, he, you were like, "Oh my God, it's the greatest film ever!" No, I, like, nah, <laughs> I never it, said. It sucked. Now they're doing it right. No, I think they've gotten progressively better as far as Spider-Man himself over time. No, I do. Come on. Um, anyway, how about? Are you looking forward to Black Panther solo movie after his cameo here? I did like his cameo. Um, I, I, I thought he was a really good part of the film. I'm not really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not not looking forward to it. Have you seen like the I, trailer? I I want to say yes. I'm pretty sure 
It's one of the few trailers of the new movies that are coming out that I've seen. Um, I'm so excited. I just, for it. eh, who cares? <laughs> Ragnarok. Um, someone I didn't watch the trailer, but someone has told me because I, I I know about uh, a lot what happens in the comics. Supposedly, it's about a certain story where it's uh, the Hulk's on a different planet. Yes, it's Planet, looks, planet that's, Hulk. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That looks really good. Even though I didn't like, like the Thor movies are my least favorite by far of the Marvel movies. But this one actually has me really excited. So, cool. Uh, I Speaking of Tobey Maguire for life, I watched Spider-Man 3. Did you? I rewatched it um, mainly because my son, Brady, who he's goo goo gaga for Spider-Man. And really? it's crazy because I didn't even push it down his throat, which is hard to believe. But he just, for whatever reason, has latched on to Spider-Man. I guess just he has a distinctive look and style. So anytime he sees Spider-Man, he starts yelling and pointing and getting excited, so I, I put on Spider-Man 3 because I figured that one has the most scenes out of those original movies with him actually as Spider-Man in it. And he paid attention for a good hour before uh, losing interest. I watched the whole thing. This was obviously the, you know, the least well-received of the original trilogy by far. And for good reason. It's not great. It's definitely the worst Second worst overall Spider-Man movie ever made, but definitely the worst of the first trilogy. And, But I, I don't think it's as bad as maybe a lot of people make it out to be. I think some parts of it are that bad, but a lot of stuff I still thought was pretty fun. I hated everything with Venom. His character was completely wasted. But the black suit Spider-Man stuff, I liked. I liked the relationship between him and Harry enough but i think sandman's actually a really good villain you do yeah i think he's actually pretty good and I don't in know. this film i mean it's not the best iteration but i don't think it's terrible i mm, they should have made it solely venom and spider-man i agree um i agree which is really surprising that they didn't i mean obviously venom is biggest part of spider-man I so think it was a battle between the director sam raimi and the the producers, I think they wanted Venom, he wanted Sandman. The compromise was to throw them both together and the Green Goblin again. Uh, but I, it's not did, good. Did they plan on making a fourth film? They did. And I, mean, I would assume then Venom would have been in the fourth. I think they were going to do the Vulture in the fourth. Oh my god. Which is the villain in the new one. That's like, it's... He's one of the worst. But He's one of the worst villains ever. He is the... Well, Michael Keaton as him, first of all, makes so much sense with Birdman connection. And he's playing a, like a more menacing version than the old man, Adrian Toomes. But the Vulture is the very first villain that Spider-Man comes across in the comic books. All right, whatever. It's, a, it's such a bad idea. Yeah, maybe. I give Spider-Man 3 6 out of 10. One rewatch. Six out of ten. That's not too bad. People just blast it way too much. Yeah, they do. They do. just like they blast X three too much. Uh, I don't know about that. I'll have to rewatch it. But I mean, it's it's not great, but it's not like 
I mean, it's nowhere near like X2 or X1, um, but it's it's not that bad. It's between Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, as the worst Spider-Man movie. I'd probably go Amazing as the worst. All right. You got anything I'm, else? I'm out of films. I All right. I'll just talk about a couple TV things, and then we'll uh, do our final thoughts or part. What is it? And another thing. Oh, wait, and here's another I, thing. We got it. Like, this is so <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's so, so bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. TV, I have. I watched the first episode of Gypsy on Netflix. This is a series starring Naomi Watts as a psychologist in New York who starts t- to get involved with her patients' like lives. Like, I think she's treating this guy. And he's, she starts going after his ex-girlfriend or current girlfriend or something to try to get in her life for some reason. It's I only watched one episode, and it wasn't exactly clear yet what her motives are, but seems like she's like just bored of her own life, finds all of her patients' lives more interesting, wants to get involved. Um, so far, I mean, Naomi Watts, of course, uh, she's a great actress. She does a good job. It's intriguing enough to maybe give it another episode or two to see if it gets better, but I find it pretty dull so far. It's not really grabbing me, pulling me in, so we'll see. Is it it dark? Is it that she's manipulating them and doing bad things to them as as their psychologist? Uh, So far, that's not necessarily the case. I don't know if maybe that's where it's going. But um seems more like she's just trying to hook up with this guy's ex-girlfriend, even though she has a husband and kids at home, and kid at home. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so far I'd say you can avoid it, but if I watch a couple more, maybe it gets better, I'll let you know. And lastly, I watched seasons one, two, and three of Catastrophe on Amazon Prime. This is a 25-minute comedy series, six episodes per season, and it is so good. So, so good. Highly recommend this show. It's about a guy, an American who's in London for work, and he goes on a week-long, like, a one-night stand that lasts a week, basically, with this British woman, and he gets her pregnant. This is all in the first episode. It's not a spoiler. Gets her pregnant, and then they kind of start a life together to try to make it work and hilarity ensues I think the first season of the show might be the funniest season of television I've ever seen it's right up there with like the best seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia it's really really impressive stuff and then each season it kind of gets a little bit less funny but also gets more real and messed up as far as the darkness of the show this crazy stuff that keeps on happening in their lives and how they adjust and gets at some harsh truths truths but at the same time is always very very funny so hmm. i can't recommend I, it enough i might take a look at it you should that's because uh, i've seen it on amazon prime but i just never jumped into it yeah rob delaney and the woman who plays sharon they are just great off like bouncing off each other it's, I think you would like it a lot. So, check it out. 
Yeah. And another thing. All right, yeah, that can't be it. That just can't no, be it. No, it's, ugh. Final word. What did you call it? Uh, last point. Yes, our last point. That's it, our last point before we go. We're each going to bring up something. We introduced it last week, and we're going to keep it going. What did we call it last week? One more thing. One more thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our last point is is what we'll go with. For now, unless, you know, listeners, if you got something better, shoot us a, an email, a tweet, a message. Let us know. Uh, I'll kick it off if you want. Sure. Kind of to go along with the conversation of the Disney live-action remakes and just the state of cinema today with sequelitis being so contagious. I wanted to Ooh, bring, that's what my point is about as well. Let's see. Let's see. I wanted to bring up the fact that I think maybe 2017 could be the turning point where audience audiences said enough, where original films are finally starting to make headway to gain control of cinemas over the endless sequels that come out. I want to bring this up just because think of Get Out, a huge success this year, at least especially if you look at based off the budgets because... Get Out cost four and a half million. I feel like it's made it like four hundred million worldwide. Huge hit, especially in America. Split did very good. An original film by M Night Shyamalan. Baby Driver just came out last weekend and surpassed everybody's expectations. Is doing really really well for itself at the box office. And then on the other hand, Transformers, incredibly disappointing. Despicable Me three even. Had a very disappointing opening weekend. I saw projections as high as 100 million. It made 73 million opening weekend in America. These things are still doing well overseas for the most part, but at least in America, I think there could be a changing of the guard or a reversing of the guard. Like The Mummy did terrible, complete bomb. Pirates 5, no bueno in America. This is exciting for, I think, for, for people like us. I mean, obviously, you still have the superhero movies going strong. They're doing well. But at least Wonder Woman, I mean, that's the first ever Wonder Woman movie doing well. It's not a remake. It's not a a reboot. I mean, it's part of a franchise, but that's about it. Do you, See, think, I, do you think this could be a change? Sequ- no. I, one, in terms of the big box uh, sequels such as Transformers and Pirates, that's going to take another five to ten years before we really start to seeing them completely disappear. Um, but we're, we're going to have them for a, a much longer time than you think. As for sequels, though, I think sequels are going to be increasing, but it's not going to be based off of series that were made to be series. Uh, like Baby Driver, you mentioned, right? Right. They're already in talks of having a sequel. It was not made to have a sequel, but because it was successful, there's talks about there being a sequel. And I could see Get Out getting another movie as well. Yep, The Accountant. I don't. Uh, I I don't remember if I read that it's confirmed, but I'm. Uh, they're definitely in talks of having a sequel for The Accountant, which was not made to have a sequel. Right. So there's these films that yes, standalone uh, originals, awesome, fantastic, and because they're so successful. They're going to make a sequel now. So John. that, like, I, I think we're going to see even worse sequels. So maybe I, it's more like a uh, changing of the guard as far as just new franchises starting out. <laughs> y- 
Yes, but whereas I feel like Pirates was made uh, to possibly be a franchise, you had Harry Potter, you have um, Transformers, you have many of these that were made to be series. Uh, I mean, all the book adaptations that were made to have right. three or um, movies, they're all made to be series. We're going to see ones that okay. were not made to be series. Go back so we're going to see... Like, uh... A more natural state of sequels. I, no, I think it's more of a unnatural state or unnatural. Well, but just because the reason they're going to be doing the sequels is because the movies were so good and so well received as opposed to... But they're not going to catch lightning twice and it's going to be terrible for all of we'll these. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it usually is. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I just thought... At least in America, in China, God, they are eating it up, eating these sequels and all these big franchises up. But I feel like, at least in America this year, they have not been as enamored with the big budget sequels and stuff like that as they have been in the past. That's I completely agree, but I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, you're probably right, but a man could dream. What was your... That was exactly what it was. Oh, wow. We were right on the same lines. Yeah. Very surprising. <laughs> All right. Well, then, well, that'll be it then. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, actually, I have my, I'm looking at my notes and it's sequels uh, to movies based upon their success, like Baby, Baby Driver and The Accountant. So, yeah. Split's getting a sequel in a sense. So, yeah. Is it? Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything and say what the sequel is. But yeah, there's a whole thing with that. So you could be right there. But it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Just the way... I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But hey, this is why the summer box office draft, all our drafts, they're so hard to predict. Because it's but constantly changing. Minor tweaks. Who's in first now? I mean, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, yeah. It's not hard to predict. I predict it every year. So... <laughs> Yeah, I do believe you're in first place now. So by a lot, congratulations! It's not even like it's not even over for me. I'm going to be gaining a lot more money over the next four months or four weeks. Oh, you finally decided to look at the website. I see. Hey, you know, <laughs> the champ's got to do what a champ's got to do. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So if you think you're the champ and want to ask us a question, send it to the Red Box Report at Yahoo.com or hit us up on Twitter at the Red Box Report. I'm personally on Twitter. At the Oriole Report, like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube page, just find us on the internet, threadboxreport.com, and we'll see you next time when we talk about the movie Life. And as always, have a great day. There goes the baker with his tray like always The same old bread and rolls to sell Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this poor provincial town Good morning, Belle Good morning, Monsieur Jean Have you lost something again? Well, I believe I have The problem is I, I can't remember what <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure it'll come to me Where are you off to? To return this book to Père Robert it's about two lovers in Fair Verona. Sounds boring. Look, there she goes, that's gone strange, no question.
and distracted, can't you tell? Give a part of any crowd, cause her head's up on some cloud. No denying she's a funny girl that bells. Bonjour, good day, how is your family? Bonjour, good day, how is your wife? I need six eggs, that's too expensive. There must be more than this provincial life. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. So, where did you run off to this week? Two cities in northern Italy. I didn't want to come back. Have you got any new places to go? I'm afraid not. But you may reread any of the old ones that you'd like. Your library makes our small corner of the world feel big. Bon voyage! There she goes, the girl is so peculiar I wonder if she's feeling well With a dreamy far-off look And a nose stuck in a book What a puzzle to the rest of us is Belle Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favourite part Because you'll see Chapter 3 Now it's no wonder that her name means beauty Her looks have got no parallel But behind that fair facade I'm afraid she's rather odd Very different from the rest of us She's nothing like the rest of us Yes, different from the rest of us is there. Look at her, the fool my future wife. Belle is the most beautiful girl in the village. That makes her the best. But she's so well-read. And you're so athletically inclined. Yes. Ever since the war, I felt like I'd been missing something. And she's the only girl that gives me that sense of... Mm, je ne sais quoi? I don't know what that means. Right from the moment when I met her, saw her I said she's gorgeous and I fell Here in town there's only she Who is beautiful as me So I'm making plans to woo and marry Belle Look there he goes, isn't he dreamy? Monsieur Gaston, oh he's so cute Be still, my heart, I'm hardly breathing He's Call this babe. Excuse me, I'll get the knife. Please let me through. This crap is still. Adam's mistake. There must be more than this provincial line. Just what I'm going to make Bell my wife.